family. This is Pastor Theo here. And Pastor Nathan. And we are bringing you another uh, Pastor's Podcast, a conversation between the two of us talking about a different topic of the week. Uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, today, the topic is preaching. So we thought this would be a good one to do now that actually we've started preaching again. Mm-hmm. How'd um, your uh, first sermon back feel? It felt a little rusty. But overall, uh, it felt it felt good. Jeremiah said he had heard a term called revenge shopping for people who had been prevented from shopping for three months, and then they go on like a splurge. He said this felt like revenge preaching. I, I don't know if that's a very positive term. Or not. <laughs> it sounds violent, but I hope it wasn't that. But I did feel like I had three months of preaching, you know, pent up within me that was ready to come out. Mm. Um, so, yeah, is, would you, I'm curious, would you, um, would you say that what I did at Uptown Baptist and that we, we sent out to people with one of those Sunday guides was preaching? Um, or if we had done some sort of pre-recorded, you know, talk from my study or your kitchen table and sent that out to people, would that have been preaching or what is preaching? Hmm. How do we define it? Well, I mean, I, so my own, uh, like, I was thinking about this a little bit this morning, reading uh, Cal- Calvin's Institute's got, got a lot of good stuff about preaching and stuff like that in it. Um, I think we can definitely call a recorded sermon preaching, but I think it's missing the mark of what the Sunday service is supposed to be in that in the event of the uh, proclamation of God's word one directionally uh, to a corporate gathered group of people there's an event going on where we're all hearing the word of God together in one space as one body and being edified by one voice essentially to grow in the same direction um, yeah. That kind of gets lost a little bit with like social media and just kind of scattered it all over the place. Yeah, I like that. The preaching event. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually, there's something to that embodied event when even though it is one directional, there's still, there's still engagement, there's right. still feedback, there's right. eye contact, there's body language, mm-hmm. there's potential sort of detours that can happen sure. based on what's going on mm-hmm. in the moment. Uh, and then we're all sort of we're all there together yeah. and we're all responding together in the same way and we're yeah so and like I think I think the aim like was the um, was a, a reformed understanding of preaching is that we would all kind of grow in the same direction together as one body from that event right so, so everybody kind of listening to their favorite preacher you know on their Airbuds right. while they're running yeah, still good still can be edifying yeah, individually yeah. Mm-hmm. but there's something to the the corporate event of preaching that's special yeah yeah um, yeah preaching could be defined different ways I mean it's it's um, at its core heralding the the charisma that the the message the central message and proclamation of of Christian truth which has to do with the kingdom of God and the gospel. Um, so when we talk about preaching, sometimes 
people are, are using different definitions or have different things in mind, mm-hmm. right? Um, sometimes I will distinguish preaching from teaching. Yeah. Um, even though preaching ha- contains teaching, yeah. um, it, it's something more. It takes teaching and then puts a little oomph to it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little yeah. punchy kind sure. of. It, and so I think that when we're talking about preaching in the life of the church, uh, we're talking about, I, I define it as a, a one-directional verbal proclamation of God's word that culminates in the gospel. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things in that definition that, you know, um, we could tease out, but it's, um, it, it's, uh, it, it is kind of you sitting back and letting something wash over you <laughs> and sort of you're not contributing to it you're not you're not kind of playing a part in making it happen in a sense you're just receiving it yeah and um and that's 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 preaching yeah um <clears throat> so i uh, i think uh one way to sort of flesh out um some of some of the distinctions that, that we're getting at is to uh, try to Uh, I guess, like, I, I do think that, like, the, the the distinction between teaching and preaching isn't isn't simply, like, uh, you know, useful for for our own sake. I think I think it's actually a, a biblical distinction too. Um, in that, uh, you know, you, you'll see certain times in the Bible where uh, certain priests were, are are meant to. To, to teach the word of God to people, to remind them of the truth and, and all these things, and uh, and that's good and that's 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 useful for maintaining. Um, but then there, when then when you look at other parts of the Bible, like what what exactly are the apostles doing in the Book of Acts as they're bearing witness to Christ Jesus? There's actually this sense in which um, by their proclamation of the gospel, um, it. Acts kinds of frames it like the voice of Christ himself mm-hmm. uh, presenting the gospel to people. Mm-hmm. And, and um, yeah, Jesus in his commission says, when they hear you, they're hearing me. Yeah, yeah. So that apostolic, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the book of Acts would be a good place to study. Um, speaking of like the, the preaching event, I think of that, uh, that setting in Cornelius' household when Peter gets there and they're all gathered together in the presence of God to hear Peter preach. And um, in Acts 10, it says, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. Hmm. Just that in in the act of, in, the, in that communal uh, event, the Holy Spirit came through the preaching of the word and fell upon the people. Mm-hmm. There's a good example. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find the verse here. Um. Uh, Paul talks about this in, in 1 Thessalonians that yeah. um, for we know brothers loved by God that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction mm-hmm. um, uh, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake and you became inner imitators of us of the Lord for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. So, you see that, um, like, you know, part of the effects of Paul's preaching is 
uh, the, the spirit used that to uh, convert, save, regenerate them, and then grow them into the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. Have you ever experienced that personally? I think I'd like to think so. I, I don't think it's it's something that I can like measure per se. I think it's mm-hmm. more of just you know being around in in a church for for a bit and and uh, and, and hearing the word of God day by day. That's a good. And, that's and a then, good reminder. Yeah, it's gradual sometimes. It's yeah. this cumulative effect right, of right. of sermons yeah. that may be un- undetectable in some ways, but right. it still is. Right. shaping your mind and yeah. I mean there's some things that I think like you know like uh, so some sometimes I've heard some sermons even even like by you or like it's just very clear like what God has to say to me that week yeah. and I need to change something oh my gosh yeah. it's so it's so cool I mean for me that's yeah not every sermon is is yeah. a is a, a home run or fireworks yeah. or just this palpable sense of the thickness of God but almost every time that I have sensed that <laughs> it's been through preaching mm-hmm. yeah. and there are a few that stand out in my mind where I just I feel a heaviness that I, ca- I have to just like it presses me down I have to like get on my face yeah. because the glory of God is so thick and it's coming through the preaching of his weighty word yeah. and oh those are so precious yeah. Yeah. and that's those are the most in- intense moments yeah. for me with God is, is sitting under the the um, the powerful preaching of God's word, yeah, and yeah. it's it, and it's not a, I mean, teaching is helpful. I, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy the, sure. the, the sure. you know Socratic method or right. dialogue or you know thinking through things and or, or lecture formats right. to get stuff. I mean, I, those things can be helpful. There can be light bulbs that come on, um, but when someone is preaching, that's even it's just it's different. There's an authority yeah. like a thus saith the Lord, right. right. Yeah. And you, and you are undone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I would I would say like uh, like one uh, helpful for like me to think about it is like, it, it it has a higher sense of authority to it, and it also is engaging more of uh, the human person okay. rather than just like the intellect. Not just facts. Yeah. But going after your heart, yeah, the your heart, your emotions, you know, your wills, and mm-hmm. um, and and it's shaping all of you. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, like. I, I think in, in my own Christian life and in the way I walk, like, there were times where, like, it was very clear what the Lord was telling me through preaching. And then there's times, like, you know, like, looking back over all of the sermons that I've listened to here at IBC and stuff like that, um, how many things just kind of get ingrained to you mm-hmm. through just, like, hearing it over and over again. Right. And then it just kind of comes out naturally yeah. through your life and day. So it may not be, uh, you know, a like a catastrophic event or something. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, a yeah. cumulative effect. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. So, so if we're defining this as, you know, one, one guy's up there having this authoritative sort of uh, ability to, everybody has to kind of, you know, sit on their hands and close their mouths and, and shut up and listen. How, what, that could go, I could see ways that that could go badly. Sure. That could become abusive or like, what do you what do you think about some of the dangers of that and how to guard against that uh, well i mean like i think i think like first and second timothy are like the, those are the books you go to for for questions like this where it talks about you know 
who gets who gets what what kind of men do you want okay. to be your pastors to be um, the ones who are looking out for you what kind of standards of life they, they need to have character um, qualifications yeah, for another yeah. so obviously like the people that you want regularly preaching and watching out for you and, and doing those things uh, need to have a certain maturity in the Lord okay. um, so that that's one safeguard yeah um, I think another safeguard is a plurality of elders so that you know you have a lot of those men together and we we when you have that it's not just like you you can be sure that whatever whoever's preaching they're not just wheeling it off the cuff it's not just his opinions because there's other guys there checking him keeping him safe and in line yeah um and you know bottom line like when when i say preaching is an event it it the pastors studied we, we we give the pastors extra time to study to, to preach the word obviously um but like the the fact that you know lay people are engaged means that they're bringing their own bible reading to mm-hmm. the service oh, yeah. and so like you know if the, if you are reading the bible constantly and you hear something and it doesn't sound right mm-hmm. to the word of god i think the noble bereans yeah i think you have the authority to challenge them uh, right. and and say straight up i don't think this is biblical and, and this is why i don't think this is biblical yeah um it's good and i think all those checks and balances not 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 to be arrogant and like um, say like you necessarily know better but I think the spirit was working everybody to, to study the Bible together and so that we can all hear what God has to say clearly mm-hmm. and I, I would add another uh, check is uh, expository preaching hmm. um, that uh, that that helps it doesn't nothing can guarantee because our sin is so so present and we bring it in to everything and we can really screw anything up but it does help I think um, if it's not a personality up there uh, kind of anchoring that 45 minutes in that person's charisma to hold the crowd's attention with with uh, stories or clever you know insights um, I think as much as possible I and mean, you can't totally eradicate your own personality preaching is been defined as um you know your personality comes into right right yeah but but if you keep it if you keep it to you can only say thus saith the lord in as much as you're you're correctly dividing the word of truth and you're preaching the bible right and so i think keeping it you're preaching tethered to the text so that people aren't necessarily even looking at you and being like whoa theo's i like the way theo talks Mm -hmm. or theo's a good preacher he's funny or he's he's a good communicator but they're 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 looking up and then they're looking down. They're looking up. They're yeah. looking down. They're looking at the word of God and they're like, "Whoa!" Yeah. First John, I hadn't seen that before. Right. But that that log- that word is a logical connection between that word and that means this. Yeah. And and he showed it to me from the text and therefore it has the added um, yeah. imprint of God's yeah. authority on it. So you're saying what the scripture says, mm-hmm. and uh, you're you're not giving the mic to like one person to sort of rant. And, and say what he wants to say and go on hobby horses or where he's kind of feeling it you're 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 given the mic to god yeah yeah i think and so. the preacher is a, is a is a conduit of that i think uh, at least i try and and i was to imitate some of like my favorite preachers in the fact that when they preach um and i'm reading my bible along with their preaching like it it like 
helps me read it better. And then when I see those connections, like it changes the way I read it and it sticks with me for like my life because I, I don't see the passage the same way anymore. Yeah, if I think of all, what Paul says, we do not preach ourselves, but Christ. Hmm. And I think it's easy. It's a temptation for a preacher. It has to be guarded against and that other things, the character, the, the plurality we talked about, the congregation can keep a pastor in check from making it about him. Sharing the pulpit is another way yeah. to do that too. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't preach ourselves. We preach Christ. Yeah. And, and, and making, in doing, I think what we do, the Lectio Continua style of preaching, mm-hmm. We'll, we'll part. It's not like we have to do it that way, but we can. We have parted from that at times. But sure. the general diet of the church is: let's just take the next passage, and let's say what it says, and apply it to our people in this present circumstance today. Um, instead of what do I want to say? Yeah. What's going on? Let me put my finger to the wind and then go f- try to find maybe something in the Bible that can I can retrofit back into this topic. Hmm. Um, but really let God set the agenda and it, and it, it inevitably is on time it's applicable it's relevant oh yeah yeah, like, yeah. So. it's funny how things kind of line up in, in different ways in life um, you, you know like you've been a pastor for 15 years now 16 16 okay this month All right uh, so when you are evaluating sermons like what do you think like, constitutes like a good sermon good preaching clear okay <laughs> so many people don't make sense all the time it's not logically airtight and that's where I think um, for me personally I hate doing what we're doing right now I mean I can I can do it but this is not I don't really like talking in front of people mm-hmm. I don't like to talk and when I when I do sometimes talk then I don't like myself I don't I, I like even right now, I'm just kind of wandering a little yeah, bit. Like, yeah. I love to preach um, because I have confidence that, that God has spoken. I have His Word, and I'm going to say I'm going to study hard. I'm going to hone my thoughts in a manuscript and cut out anything that doesn't make sense, and I'm going to really make it logical and and flow clearly. So I think clear, like having a clear main point, having mm-hmm. clear segues making sure that your points all line up, that nothing's extraneous, that you're, you're crystal clear. That's important. Mm-hmm. Um, one preaching book says it's, it's easier to catch a baseball than a fistful of sand. Mm-hmm. So you need to throw you, know, you need to throw a beam, you know, a line drop, you know, kind of throw a, a laser beam right there. And so clear, logically. Biblical, it has to really derive from exegesis, and that takes hard work and thought. Uh, and then... There may be more you want to add, but the other thing I would say is that it has to be, have to have the gospel. Mm, yeah. I think you can pre. I think there are people that do preach very, um, you know, verse by verse, and biblical, but they don't necessarily put it into the biblical theology right. of the whole Bible, yeah. and therefore it can you can walk away with um, either a, an intellectual lesson about some doctrine, merely, you know, that's going to be part of preaching, but it can't end there or you could walk away with application right. application needs to be part of preaching but yeah. if it's just do this and don't do that then it, it, it really is law yeah um, but ultimately at the end there should be some aha moment where people s- see Christ yeah. and he's presented before their very eyes 
as crucified for them and raised and reigning and and that they if they're taking notes at some point they sort of drop their pen and they drop their jaw and they worship mm -hmm. that's where it all has to culminate yeah that's why i said i define preaching as one directional verbal proclamation of god's word culminating in the gospel yeah so it has to it has to be christ at, at some point in there it has to follow the tone of the text um but you have to you have to preach the gospel yeah yeah i've been reading uh sinclair ferguson's the whole christ mm. and um it, it was really it was really challenging to me like thinking about the fact that if, if i'm not crystal clear about what the gospel is and how it works uh how i apply points uh even in application and stuff like that mm -hmm. uh could can almost could be detrimental um mm -hmm. you know uh if, if if you preach in such a way that it's just like do better um but you know the gospel says like you can't do better except for clinging to christ and having his life flow through you um those are two very different uh spiritual responses you're going to get from people mm -hmm. um so yeah I, i've been i've been really challenged to think through like you know uh what it means to you know like even thinking through some of paul's epistles like you know like ephesians and romans like he he, he makes a very thick description of what the gospel is and then he starts talking about, so this is what we do. Mm -hmm. This is how we live in light of that. Indicative imperative. Yeah. yeah. And I think putting, going back to the event, the event, it, it's situated in a, a, a liturgy, you know, a whole um, kind of planned movement of the corporate worship that starts with God addressing us, calling us into his presence. You adore him. And then you all of a sudden see your sin. You confess it. You receive assurance of pardon. Uh, you affirm, like those things it's part of that whole liturgy and mm -hmm. I think that helps it always helps that this, the sermon leads right into the Lord's table so even if I have totally biffed it in some ways the liturgy is still going to give us the gospel right yeah. but, the, but the coming right segueing right into the Lord's table is also often an, an easy way to to connect it to Christ and, mm. and, and land the plane there you know um, what, what would you say to people that kind of object to preaching now it's like man uh this it's it's passe it's old-fashioned it's some people say it's very greek or it's very western or it's very modern but here we are in this sort of postmodern, image oriented you know short attention span soundbite um people don't have don't aren't able to you know go to a lincoln douglas debate and engage for hours um we need to adapt we need to Experiment. We need to reimagine, rethink preaching, and find ways that connect with kinesthetic learners and you know visual learners. And what 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 would you say to that? Well, honestly, like the it sounds really like not. It sounds really basic, but like I think the Bible just commands us to preach. Preach the word. Yeah. In season and out of season. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it doesn't qualify it. Um, you know, I think about like Acts chapter six. Um, you know, there there are other needs that the church needs to meet. Sure. Um, and and we need to serve and and we need to to you know be involved in our our, our communities and the loving the poor and, and doing these things. Um, but the fact that 
you know, the the church at the be- from the very beginning valued the preaching of the word so much mm-hmm. that they separated off those aspects of ministry mm-hmm. and delegated them to deacons to do that work so that they could make sure that their pastors were able to focus on the ministry of the word. Like tells me a lot about how, yeah. you know, how the priority that I'm preaching. Yeah. yeah. How they, they thought about it from Pentecost, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Preaches and people are cut to the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then out of that flows everything else. Right. There's a lots of other word ministry aspects to aspects to the ministry of the word. You know, we have small groups, yeah. which is, an avenue for group discussion. Everybody mm-hmm. can bring insights, questions. Sure. We have, we do one-on-one discipleship. We have, we have Sunday school. We've been doing that right. with, where there's like just kind of didactic teaching. Yeah. All good. We're going to mix all those things yeah. in, but, it, yeah. but at the, at the center, the, really the, the center of the church life is that, that preaching yeah. event and everything else needs to flow out of that. Yeah. Um, in the, in all, and then all the, the deed ministry that happens too and the caring that that's empowered by the yeah. preaching yeah so it's 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 kind of like um you know the heart where where we are reminded of, of what's true shaped in 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 the gospel and uh formed into the image of christ and then sent out to serve in all these teaching uh, uh loving others serving the poor um af- after we have been uh, rightly formed by the word of God. Yeah. Um, and then also the medium is the message, right? Again, going back to the gospel, if if the gospel is, 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 is the center of the Bible and, and then the center of our preaching, then preaching is always, declarative preaching is always, always going to be necessary mm-hmm. because... If the main message was we're helping you live your life better, we're going to teach you how to do better communication skills with yeah. your spouse. We're going to teach you how to budget. We're going to teach you how to, you know, discipline your kids or whatever. If if, if Christianity is at its core a lifestyle, right. then preaching would not be the main sure. event. Yeah. It, it, you would have seminars. You would have workshops. You would have video tutorials. C.S. Lewis said the more complex in action, the, the less words are useful so if, if my dad's teaching me how to tie a tie yeah. he's not going to give me a, a lecture he's going to at least draw pictures or probably get behind me and tie the tie and have me tie it yeah. and model it interesting and all those things but yeah. uh but that's not what christianity is first and foremost a, a lifestyle it's first and foremost uh, a truth and, a, and a, a belief and a reception it's a declaration of here's the good news yeah. receive it and then go live in light of it yeah and so a one directional declaration of the good news where you don't contribute you just sit and you receive and you uh, you kind of soak that in and you you believe yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's that ha- that squares with this this uh, task of preaching that we've yeah. been uh, talking about yeah yeah the gospel is it's good news first that needs to be declared and and received um, before anything else Right. Um, so we have to fight our our um, activist uh, tendencies that we want to jump right to that apart yeah. from gospel we want to fight our anti-authoritarian ethos right which is like mm, 
I, I, I'd rather go to WebMD than a doctor. I'd rather, you know, write the Wikipedia article than read some. I'd rather write a blog or something myself than mm. actually read some peer-reviewed, published thing or something like that. Mm. That that ethos is our culture. Yeah, preaching grates against it because it's, it's it basically is telling you. No, you. You need to just be quiet for a bit and let God address you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there any advice you would give to someone who uh, aspires to preach or is like new at preaching, learning how to preach? Um, what, hmm. are the, what are the uh, like? What are some tips of the trade when it goes? Well, I think that. There is some intangible, unteachable gifting yeah. that, that is there um, that you really can't teach. But then you can hone it. Uh, I think helping people think logically. For me, it was uh, sentence diagramming and discourse analysis yeah. that wired my brain to think clearly, mm-hmm. to map out exactly the f- train of thought here and, and what's going on. And so learning how to come to the scripture to do that and that will also help you as a communicator um, and reading just reading a lot uh, reading good books of all kinds of genres getting to know people's hearts your own heart mm. getting life experience um, helps you re- relate and understand like how this comes from out of just a high level sort of truth and gets down and worked into the nitty-gritty of people's lives and you know parenting and marriages and finances and all that stuff um so some counseling experience hearing good preaching and then ultimately at the end of the day there's really no replacement for just doing it Mm -hmm. i mean you got to preach i was told like a hundred times to start to kind of feel your voice Mm -hmm. and not just be a parrot of somebody else learn how god's made you and and get comfortable so that you're not overthinking it all the time you know you just gotta get a lot of reps in and so and that that starts probably in smaller chunks leading devotions at prayer meeting and teaching sunday school like those are those are places you can start to hone that ability to communicate god's word and then in a small church like ours i think we do a pretty good job of spreading it around and yeah i think so I generally yeah. preach six weeks take the seventh off and couple weeks in the summer a couple weeks in the new year time yeah Hmm. what advice would you have for somebody who struggles to who says I got ADD um I this isn't I don't this isn't how I connect with God or I I really struggle with following this preaching it's over my head or it's I don't have a uh, hunger for it. What, yeah. what would you say? Uh, I would say that, like, you know, one of the things that some people struggle with is in, 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 in the medium of, like, preaching and, and even reading books is, like, you know, they try to get everything so much that they don't get anything. Hmm. So, uh, it, you know, if you're there and if you get if you like are reading your Bible with the preacher and you get like one really solid point from the sermon that you see in the text and that like it's, it's just you, you feel very applicable to you 
that's great. Um, yeah, praise God. Yeah, praise God that he, he taught you that. And the more you do that and practice and, and, and try getting some something out of it, the more you'll, I think, I think you'll grow in this area and and, and learn to feed off of uh, the means of grace that God's given. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, I think we could have talked about this a lot more. There's more to talk about, but hopefully this was helpful for you guys and stirs you up to be excited that preaching's back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we we liked exposing you to some different voices, different styles from the past, from different cultures, even from the present over this time. Um, but uh, but yeah, it wasn't the same. It couldn't be the same. And But now we're, we're back, so we'll see you on Sunday. I'm working hard on the next passage in First John and praying. Pray for me. Pray for Theo's. He's preaching on the 26th coming up. And yeah, pray for yourself that God would uh, open your ears and keep you soft and sensitive to hearing his voice um, in, in the word preached. Is that it? That's it. All right. All right. Stop there. See ya. Yeah,